0: Amen. Can you say He's been good to you? Amen. Amen. Uh, real quick, I want to minister a few minutes, and then we are going to partake in communion. Um, today is Resurrection Sunday. It's the day we celebrate resurrection power. Amen. We celebrate. Um, Jesus raising. This is what I've preached this time and time again. This is what separates us from any other religion. And I know there's a lot of us this, and this may get me in trouble, but that's what separates us from Judaism. Christianity is very specific in what we are. Our religion is we believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he died, he was buried, and then he rose on the third day. No other religion claims resurrection power. Then we proclaim in the book of Romans that the same power that rose Christ from the dead is now alive on the inside of you and I, quickening our bodies, quickening us, bringing us to life. Jesus said, I will give you life and life more abundantly. Amen. He is is here to... to, uh, The Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. Ephesians tell us we've been received all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, amen. That we are seated with him uh, where he is, we are. Jesus said that someday you're going to understand this and where I am, you will be also. Uh, He was not saying someday you're going to go to heaven, but he says where I am right now. You will be joined with me, you will be one with me, and you will walk with me, and we will bring this thing back to a garden experience where we walk and talk in the cool of the evening and we commune with each other. Can you say amen? Amen. Uh, this week has been, uh, a lot of the larger church calls it Holy Week, and we begin to, uh, all the way back from last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we talked about uh, uh, the Palm Sunday where Jesus came in, triumphant entry, and, and through the whole week we begin to see different things, and then um, um, the Passover, uh, uh, as Jesus made the statement, he said, I, I look forward to this Passover, I fervently desire this Passover of all, because this is the moment I'm going to institute a new covenant with you. I'm going to institute something. This is what when he says, I, notice that when, when, you, when Jesus says, I have been looking forward to this, he was not just talking about himself singular. He was saying, God. God was saying, I have looked forward to this from the very moment that I had to set you outside of the garden. <laughs> Woo. I've looked forward to this from the very moment that I moved you. And by the way, can I hit that for just a moment? He didn't set him out of the garden because he was angry because he couldn't look at him. But he said, if you eat of the tree of life in this situation, you'll never be able to be changed. So it was actually mercy and grace that allowed God to set Adam and Eve outside of the garden for a season. And Jesus is sitting here going, this is the fulfillment. This is what we've been waiting for from the very first time that, that you begin to find in your heart that you were separated and you begin to believe that we didn't love you, we'd be mad at you, and we were angry with you. And so we see in that moment, I'm going to talk a little bit about today, it's going to be a little bit different message. We see that in that moment that when, when Adam and Eve begin to think that they were separated, darkness begin to come in. And we see by the time Jesus shows up on the scene and he dies and is resurrected, we see that the world had gone very dark. Amen. Bible says there's nothing new under the sun and we see a lot of things that we would say it's very dark times right now but it's, it's, it's been dark, it was, it was dark before Isaiah said those who sat in great darkness will begin to see a great light we begin to realize that the resurrection, and, and too many times we, we, we take our time through this, and Easter Sunday comes, Resurrection Sunday comes, and we just kind of go through the motions of it's just a, a holiday or a religious holiday, but we have to begin to realize that this is a time and a moment that the, the very course of humankind, the very historic moment that things really did change when Jesus showed up on the scene that it was the fulfillment of what God was saying, I wanted this from the very beginning. When you left the garden, I've been looking forward to this moment of when I would bring you back into relationship with me and we no longer had to be separated but by a curtain or by any other ways that I could come and dwell inside of you, that I could tabernacle with inside of the temple that I built and I breathed myself into your nostrils. Can you say amen? And so from that time, we begin to see man went dark. We begin to to create things. We begin to create wars. We begin to create separation. We begin to create empires. We begin to create me versus you, my skin color, your skin color, the way I do things, the way you do things. And we begin to separate and we begin to fall into a place of darkness. Yes, it is true. Jesus came to die on a cross and he died because of our sins. He died to, for our sins. But, but we're to look at what the, the, the issue was that we had gone dark. The issue is that we had begun to turn our eyes away from God and begin to think in our mind that we had been separated and God wanted nothing to do with us. But we see the Bible tells a different story that as soon as they left the garden, he began to work towards them. He began to say, don't worry." That there's a lamb that's going to be slain. There is a, my son is going to come and he's going to restore. He's going to reconcile you back to me. Paul tells us that while he was on the cross, God was reconciling the world through him. And he was not, he was not holding their sins against them. Human had gone darkness. And, and, and one of the, the ancient fathers made a statement. What was God to do when his creation had been hurling into darkness? What was he to do? We find that Jesus decided, and Jesus said, God said, I'll send my son. Jesus goes into our darkness. And from that place, he begins to shine his light. And those who set in darkness will see a great light. I'm going somewhere with this today. I promise you. Mark 16. We're going to talk about the empty tomb. It's a good day to talk about it, amen. (laughs) It's a good day to talk about it any day. The empty tomb. Verse uh, chapter sixteen, verse one, the book of Mark. Give you a few minutes to get there. We're going to talk about the word empires today. We we this has been on my heart. We build empires. We like to build empires. We get. I mean, Beth was talking about the church is real bad about getting a little bit of revelation and we build an empire on it. And man, that's it's our way and everybody else is wrong. We're the only ones doing anything right, and oh. I'm the only one. The Lord has to remind us. There's several people that hasn't bowed a knee yet either. There's other people that are doing things that they're working and they're moving. And you're not the only one. Amen. Uh, chapter 16, the book of Mark, verse 1. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and, and, and Salome, brought, brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? I've never read that. And as I was reading it this week, as a question they begin to ask. We're in darkness. <laughs> we are in darkness. Who will roll away the stone for us? We're separated from Jesus. They've killed him. The very, the very person uh, uh, in another scripture, Mary Magdalene, the Bible says, out of whom came seven devils. She was there. She said, I'm with Jesus. Even if he's dead, I'm going to go and I can't do anything. I can't hear him, but I'm going to go anoint him. I'm going to go prepare him. I'm, I'm going to go and just, and just be a service to him, even if he's dead. And then they begin to ask this question, who will roll away the stone for us? Who's going to roll the stone of separation from us? Maybe generations, people have asked, we're separated from God. Will we ever be connected to him? Will we ever get back? Maybe, maybe Adam and Eve begin to ask, will we ever get back to that place? Will we, ever, will we ever experience God the way we did in the garden? Because they lived a long time after they left the garden. Will we ever experience the walking and the talking in the cool of the evening? The, 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 the communion, the conversations and the communication that they had. Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw young men clothed in long white robes, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples, and I love this, and Mark is one of the only ones that says this, go tell his disciples and Peter. (laughs) Woo, that that whole story is, is, I love it too. He restores Peter. Go tell my disciples, and especially Peter, because he's really upset right now. He's in a dark place, and he feels like that there's a stone of separation. But you go tell him, the stone has been rolled away. He is risen, just like he said. Woo, and Peter. But he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now I want to look at this. I'll, I'll, let's take a journey for just a moment as we, as we lead up to the resurrection. I, one of my favorite stories and passages in the Bible is when they come and find Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. And there's different accounts, different the, the gospels. They have different ways of telling the story. One of, the, one of them tells that, that there was the temple guards, but also a, a dispatchment of Roman soldiers that came with the temple guards as they come in. And one of the stories tells, it says, Jesus, knowing who they were looking for, when they seen coming with torches and with, with, with lanterns and, and, and swords, they came in. And they begin to ask, and Jesus asks them, says, who do you seek? And they said, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. And, and I, I love this, and I, it preaches really, really good, and I love preaching. He says, I am he. The King James Version says, but he is in italics. He didn't say he. He actually said, I am. And in that particular, it says that when he said, I am, the Bible says that they, they, they drew back, and they fell to their back. Now that's powerful. That's a very powerful when he said I am. Moses asked, "Who do I say sent me?" You tell him I am sent you. <laughs> the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And in that moment, Jesus was declaring I am. He that has been sent. I am the Messiah. I am he who is reconciling the world back to myself. Back to God. Back to the original creator. I am coming back to a garden. I'm coming back to a way of thinking. I am repenting. A turning back to a top way of thinking and understanding. I am. They drew back. They fell to their feet. As I was studying this out, this is something hit me. Peter when he seen him fall back, drew his sword. Now, Peter, Bible says, and as you study history and people, tells us that Peter was a zealot before he became a Christian, before he followed Jesus. A zealot was somebody who was what we would call a nationalist. He was ready to kill the Roman soldiers because they had occupied Jewish territory. He was ready to fight. He was ready to say, the Jews believed that the Messiah would come, establish his kingdom, and more than likely in their mind, would kill all the Romans, and then they would have victory. When we fell in the garden, for some reason, humanity believes that we can have peace by more killing and more violence. And we see this over and over and over again throughout human history. We still see it today. We see people, like when times of war and times of what's happening in in the Ukraine, that the the church is divided because there's a lot of church that says, let's blow them off the face of the earth. And there's another half of the church that's saying, how are we ever going to have peace if we keep killing people? There's a scripture in Isaiah that says, eventually... They will beat their swords into plowshares and there will be no wars. There will be peace and they'll begin to grow. They'll be able to come together. This is, I believe, where we're going to end up. Jesus comes and he does things different. Peter draws his sword. And if you look at that scripture, it says that, that, that Peter drew and he attacked the servant of the high priest. Notice, and we've always heard this before, that, that when, when when governments go to war, they always send what? The poor people. They always send servants to fight the battles. You don't see kings fighting kings. You don't see kings entering into and say, let's just do this, let's not worry about the people between us and the younger these, these people here. Let's just me and you come together and let's fight it out. Whoever wins, wins. We don't see that, right? From the time of wars, it was always been sending an army. The king sets, the army fights for him. But here we see something that Jesus shows up in the middle of uh, a time of war. A time where it was even more of a, a bloody type of war where it was a hand-to-hand combat with swords. And, 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 and you read the stories of the Old Testament. Some of the battles were bloody battles. This was a time where that kind of bloodshed was, was pretty common. And it was at any moment you could be called up to go and fight. But here we see that Peter draws a sword and, and he's saying, my king is greater than your king. My king is greater than your high priest. And, 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 and when you study the history of this, Peter didn't just try to cut his ear off. When you begin to look at it and study it, some of the commentators say that Peter tried to cut his head off. So what happened Either the guy ducked or he hit a sword or something and it just nicked his ear. Now, I've preached this before that, that, that sometimes we are a lot like Peter. Most of us are like Peter. That, that in times past with the gospel, we've taken the gospel and we've cut people's ears off so that they don't want to hear it. And then when we tell them the gospel and they can't hear because of our hateful attitudes, if you will. Because if we just cut the ear off and say, now you need to listen to me. Then we get upset with those people, with that, with, with, with that group. But here we see that when, when Peter took the sword, he cut his ear off, Jesus said, put your sword away. And he put the ear back on and he healed the man. Now, I was looking at this and Jesus made the statement after that. He said, if you're looking for me, then let these go. Jesus, as far as I can tell in that history up to that point, was the first king to ever say, Let my people go, and I will enter into this battle. And I will begin to change things differently. I am going to, Jesus began to establish a kingdom in a way that no other king had ever done. He said, It's not going to be that millions die for me. <laughs> It's not going to be that that, that the king will be saved because many people die. But he said, what I'm actually going to do in, in in a real sense, in a real time, this is a real Jesus. This is not just Bible, biblical Sunday school Jesus. This is what Jesus came to confront head on. The violence of men. The violence of humanity. The violence of, even we see it in our religiousness, the violence that is built into the system of religion sometimes. And so Jesus said, there's a darkness inside of you. You want to kill and you want to conquer and you want to build empires. But let me show you how real kingdom is built. Real kingdom is built by I lay my life down. Real kingdom is not built with physical things that you can see. But real kingdoms are built in the hearts of man. Real kingdoms are built in the minds and the hearts and if you are separated from him and you have an understanding of I'm separated from him, then your kingdoms will be violent. Now we begin to see Jesus' teaching of the Sermon on the Mount and he walks it out. He says, I'm not just going to talk about it, but I'm going to walk in your darkness and I'm going to allow the violence of men to kill me. And as, you, as, your, as your hatred and as your violence puts me upon that cross, I will absorb the very violence of humanity within myself. I will absorb the darkness within myself. And out of me the light will come and the light will shine. And upon a cross I will say, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the world didn't know what to do with him. We didn't know what to do with the Messiah that was riding on a donkey. Didn't know what to do with the Messiah that says, Don't let these go, you take me. Because that's not the way human kingdoms work. We begin to see that even more further as he goes in to the before Pilate. Pilate washes his hand, he says, I can't find any fault in him. Can't find any fault in him. I don't know anything. I've tried. I love that whole back and forth. He says, "Are you a king?" Jesus says, "You say. (laughs) Those are your words." (laughs) He can continue. I just that's so good. I don't got time to stop there. Then he comes to the back to the crowd and he says, "It's a custom that on your Passover we release one prisoner." He says, "We have here this prisoner that's, that's that's sentenced to death. His name is Barabbas. So who should I release? Jesus." Or Barabbas. And here, humanity again has a choice to make. You have two figures and two people that represent very real ideologies and very real thinkings of people. But now we begin to see he's not talking to the world anymore. Now he's talking to the group of people who claim that they had God presented to them and had the very oracles of God given to them. They did. And so he turns to his own people and says, You know the Messiah. Well, they knew who the Messiah was. And by this time Jesus had come. I do not, I believe that there was not one person there that did not know that he was physically the Messiah. After every sign and and, and thing that he did, and every even some of the stuff they came up with that said when the Messiah comes, he will do this. They knew who he was. They had a choice to make. Do we follow the king of kings, the prince of peace, or do we cry out for Barabbas? As I studied Barabbas, Barabbas, as you begin to study him out, and I looked at some of the commentaries, and it's very interesting. because We've heard this word in the very last few years. One of the things says Barabbas was a zealot. He was a rebel leader. And one of the words that says he was an insurrectionist. The Bible says that he was a, a robber, but when, when I begin to study, what I begin to find out was he was actually imprisoned because he had killed a Roman soldier. And so what Pilate says, do you want to continue down this path of violence and even in your religious system of violence and killing, I can find no fault in this man Jesus. So it is not going to be laid upon me. It will be laid upon you. Who do you want? I believe God is, 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 is speaking today on Resurrection Sunday to the church. And anybody that can hear my voice, he, he is asking the church at large today in 2022, will you continue following violence? For those that have your agenda in mind and all the things that you want to do or will you cry out give us Jesus. Or will you cry out, I will follow the Prince of Peace. I will follow him that was dead but now is alive. Seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's opened up the gates of heaven. He's opened up the heart of God to anybody who will listen. And now there is no Greek. There is no Jew. There is no male. There is no female. But all are invited to come into his love and his grace and his mercy. Caiaphas, the high priest. Who represented the religion. Not just the religion. Jews don't just have a religion. It is a culture. It is a way of life for them. Caiaphas said. Give us Barabbas. One of the scriptures that made this statement. He said. Why should we all die? But yet one man would die for many. So we see. The combination of choices that we have. We have Peter versus the high priest servant. Violence versus peace. We see Barabbas, somebody who was a a rebel leader among the people. And the people had a choice to make. Are we going to follow this guy who who has already killed somebody? He's already a national hero. Are we going to follow him because he's killed? He's committed murder. He has has conquered what we feel like we're being oppressed. Or are we going to follow Jesus, a kingdom that is going to come inside of us? that's going to come, and it's going to free us in our mind, in our heart. Christianity is not about our outward freedoms, but it's about the freedom of your heart and your mind. There have been many Christians over the years, and you can read a lot of of those who have been uh, uh, martyred, So, do you feel like that you're in prison? You can put chains on my hands, but you can't imprison my heart anymore. Paul, Peter, You've been imprisoned by hate. You've been imprisoned by anger. You've been imprisoned because those around you, on the outside of you, have have come in. They've taken. They've taken. And they've taken. And, and, and he told him. He said, "When you were young, you girded yourself up and you went wherever you want. But when you get old, they will lead you around. They'll put shackles around you." The Bible says he told Peter, "This is how you're going to die." And Peter says, "It's okay. They can put shackles on me. They can kill me. They can hang me upside down. But I am still free." One of the disciples, they said, we're going to hang you like Jesus. He said, I'm so free and I'm so free of fear and of death. You can't hang me like Jesus. Put me upside down because that's how I choose to go out. We've heard stories over the years of Christians being martyred. And as they get before, they choose not to be afraid. But there were many that would, that would died at the stake, at, at being shot, and, and all these gruesome ways of dying. And they chose to go out singing hymns. They chose to go out quoting the 23rd Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So today, when we come and say the grave is empty, it's more than just a religious saying. It's more than just a religious idea. It is the power of resurrection. It is you have, Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. This is why Paul could tell Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. It is because Jesus came, and when he did the things that he did, he changed the world forever. We have a choice. Choices are no longer made for us anymore. We begin to see that Jesus come out and one of the, I think it's in John, when he begins to give him the great commission, he tells them, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Another one says, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Today, as I was looking at this, as Jesus comes and builds a different kind of kingdom, a different kind of empire, he begins to tell Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my disciples would fight. He told the disciples, he says, one can't say the kingdom is over here, the kingdom's over there. We've established this kingdom, and look at this building we've built to the kingdom. He says, no, no, the kingdom is inside of you. I've said this before church growth is not necessarily kingdom expansion, but changing the way we think is kingdom expansion. Understanding Jesus more is kingdom expansion. You look in a glass dimly, but you're becoming more like him. That's kingdom expansion, expanding within the, the hearts and the souls and the minds of men and women. Isaiah 9 and 7 says, 9, uh, Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7 verse 6 says that unto us a child is born. Talking about Jesus. Verse 7 says, And unto the increase of his government and peace. Wherever the government of God comes, peace follows. Amen. Upon his shoulders will be the government. The prince of peace. The lord of lords. The king of kings. Wherever the government of God establishes, peace begins to increase. Amen. A peace that surpasseth all understanding. This morning because of a risen Savior I have the privilege to stand we have the honor to come and worship and to feel his presence and to know, the old folks say know that you know that you know that you know that he's real. The Bible says taste and see and this is our this is what we have in our arsenal or our, our 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 toolkit to to preach to the world taste and see don't just hear don't just know but taste taste and see that the lord is good why are you a christian not because my mom and daddy was but because years ago my mom says you got to know him for yourself you've got to experience him for yourself and he's risen today. We, we celebrate, it's a joyous day that we celebrate a risen Savior. We celebrate a Savior that came into this world. He says, not to judge, not to condemn, but the world through me may have life. And I don't know about you, but I, 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 I go through this world in our areas and places that I get to walk, and I see people that are alive, but they're not living. They have physical life. They're breathing, they're going. But you look in their eyes and they have no life. When I meet people like that, it saddens me, but excites me too, because I said, Lord, you love them enough to put me in their path. Lord, you love me, you love them enough to put people that love you in their path that can speak to them and say, God wants you to have life. He's risen and you can have resurrection power. Resurrection power, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead is now alive on the inside of you. And we've, can, can, can I get real? We've, 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 we've reduced that down to let's have church. We've reduced that down to goosebumps and feelings and, and this and that. And, and, and God says, it's more than that. But on the days that I don't feel like moving, I don't feel, I feel bad. I'll be honest with you, as... as Dealing with the the issues that I have in my body of of diabetes, there's days I just don't feel good. And I have to get up in the morning and I have to remind myself, I have resurrection power inside of me. He's giving me life. And he's quickening this mortal body. Paul says, we have hope in this mortal body. We have hope here. There's hope now. That's the beauty of it. Not someday. Yes, someday we get to Whatever that is, whatever it comes into. But today, you can have him today. You can smile today. You can feel good today. You can be free today. You can sleep good tonight. (laughs) You can wake up in the morning smiling. And even though your body may be going, I'm kind of sore, I'm kind of whatever. But I still got him. He's here. He's on the inside of me. The old little song we used to sing says, he's working on me, making me what I ought to be. As long as we come to him with that childlikeness and that heart of God, I don't have it all figured out. What I do know is you're with me. What I do know is and what I believe is you're going to be with me, no matter what. So in Resurrection Sunday, so I want to read this. This is Psalms 24. And I don't know if you've heard me minister before, but uh, 22, 23, and 24. 22 is Jesus on the cross. 23 is Jesus in the tomb. And today in Psalms 24, we get to read the resurrection of Jesus Christ. My Bible says the entrance of the king. Who will roll away this this stone for us? Who is capable? Lord, who's capable to move this darkness from my life? Who's capable of this stone of heart that I have? I will make it a heart of flesh. (laughs) It says this. Psalms 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he is founded upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Verse 8, who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. As I was studying different things that people do and one of the uh, ancient churches, one of their practices was, is that, what they would do is they would gather in the church and somebody would be outside and they would knock on the door. And as they would knock on the door, they would quote this. And he would knock on the door again. And by the time they got to lift up your head, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And they would do this. And then all of a sudden when they would open up the door, when they'd open up the door, they'd have candles and people would be behind them and they would come in and they would say, who is this king of glory? He is he, is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And there would be a celebration of Jesus was entering. And Jesus, it was just a, a beautiful, as I was reading about that, I was just weeping. I thought, man, what a pictorial, what a, what a, what a day. Jesus said, I behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we're asking, who can open this door for us? Who is this king of glory? Who, who, who can help me? Who can help me? And then all that day, when we open those doors and he comes into our lives, what a, pl- what a time of rejoicing. What a time of refreshing. Ms. Kay made a statement. There's been things that... I, I want to say this before we move on. I want to give honor to Jack and Kay of the work, of the things that they've done. She said they've been praying for... 30, 40 years about certain things that's happening right now. There's a steadfastness that I appreciate and that I love, and I'm blessed to get to know you guys. It's good to have Jack back in service with us, see him moving around and being Jack. There's things that are, that are, that are happening right now that we're seeing, and we're beginning to see, I believe, that moment right now in the city of McAllister, those gates are beginning to open up. And those gates are are the hearts and the souls of men, women, children, of all, everything. And the city of Macalester, I believe, has opened up the gates. And those gates are beginning to open up. And they're receiving their king, who is this king of glory. Dear God, we just proclaim right now, God, the question, who is this king of glory, God? The question of God, who will roll away the stones, God, in the hearts, God? Who will roll away the stone of darkness, God, in Macalester, God? Lord, we proclaim it is the Lord of hosts, God. It is Jesus Christ. It is the Prince of Peace, God. Open up you gates and receive your king. Open up you gates, open up you doors and receive your king. For he is the king of glory, God. God, we declare that, we pray it, God, and God, we work and we do our part, God, until the fullness of it, God, that all of McAllister will be saved, God, all of southeast Oklahoma, all of Oklahoma, God, the United States, God, and God, ultimately, God, you will begin to have your treasure, God. You will have your full reward, as we say each Sunday, God. God, we do our part, God. We share and we bless. Today, we thank you for the empty tomb, God. Today, we thank you, God, that you resurrected God. We thank you that we feel you here, God. We thank you that you, you walk with us, you talk with us, you guide us, and you direct us. And your Holy Spirit reminds us of all the things that you said, God. We thank you for everything that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Who will roll away the stones? It's a question that humanity has been asking and still asking. And I believe that God has given us the answer for that. Amen. Um, You want to? Yeah, okay. I think Beth knows what she's doing. (laughs)